This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. You are listening to TSN. 1050 gameplay on TSN 1050 is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And first, my um, promise to you, the listener, I will do my best to make sure my voice by the end of the show doesn't sound like it did yesterday, where I sounded like Krusty the Clown when my entire voice was gone because of a scratchy throat. I went, I got the Fisherman's Friends, I got the Buckleys. I got every type of tea and honey. So, producer Nick, I, I, I basically, my living room is a shopper's drug mark. Oh, good. I was very concerned about you yesterday. We had this conversation yeah. afterwards. It was very yeah. concerning because <laughs> I thought your voice was just gone, and I was going to have to host today by myself, and that would have yeah. just been that would have been interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. I would have been able to oh. do it, but it would have been interesting. It would have been two hours of transfer. It would have been uh, transfer talk, wouldn't it? You no, that's a day. Hours. That was that was yesterday. We would have done that yesterday. Today, mm, it's it's mm. Leafs. We got to recap yeah. that game. The the Raptors lost, like you said. Uh, yes, um, I did. I we'll get to that. My report cause. Yes. I uh, my my picks unfortunately were very accurate, and I wish I had been wrong. I I'm not going to do that um, that thing where you tie in Groundhog Day with what's going on in sports. Not because I'm above it. But because I actually forgot that it's Groundhog Day today. I mean, the, the jokes you can make about the Bruins. And, oh, the Bruins are starting to punch the Maple Leafs. Oh, the Bruins are starting to hit. And then the game went south. I'm not going to do that. We, we saw the game last night. So I'll just say this. You know it was a tough night for the Leafs defense when I made a Jake Muzzin note in my prep for today's show, and I just heard Al's brother talking a bunch about Jake Muzzin and about some replacements or some guys to pick up on defense. But I think for me that's it, Nick. Like, you know, the same way where uh, Wyrton Willie or the stupid name of those stupid rats are, uh, when they see their shadow or they don't see their shadow, that means more winter or more spring, whatever. If you see the word Jake Muzzin, written on message boards, Twitter, Facebook, articles, um, something on tsn.ca, something on The Athletic, wherever. That means that the Leafs didn't do well defensively when you see the name Jake Muzzin. Yeah, that's that's a fair statement, and uh, there are some very interesting nicknames of the Groundhogs. I will give you that uh-huh. as well, just because. A- appetized. I, what are they good? I wonder, does, like, no, can stop, eat, do people, stop. No, do people eat groundhog? Wait, don't stop me. There's a cow out there going, yeah, go eat the groundhog. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know, please, please. Um, I just feel eat. like it's not the right day to have that conversation. This is a whole day about groundhogs, and now you're, you know. Fine, fine. I've got this great recipe for blackened dolphin. You just need some garlic butter. <laughs> you're gonna, What you're going to want to do is get the cast iron really sizzling. No, I'm kidding. Here's the real um, question. What wine pairs with dolphin? I feel that'd be a very meaty fish, so you're going to want to go with, like, if you're going to do a white, you're going to want a full-bodied Chardonnay. You're not going to want a Pinot Grigio. So, get you know, get really sort of, like, New World Chardonnay. That's of what course. I would pair with yes, Dolphin. of course. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, when I, I just, I was thinking about it when Al's brother was talking about, was talking about Jake Muzzin. I'm like, oh, wait, look, let me look at my notes. 
and that was one of the first things I wrote, is that last night, for the first time in ages, Leafs lose to the Bruins 5-2, my thought was, wow, oh, we miss, we miss Jake Musick. You know, and, and by the way, good on the Leafs defense, good on the forwards, good on the team as, as a whole, that we haven't mentioned the name Jake Mosin in ages, but we did last night because Leafs D got pushed around. Sandini and Lilligren, worst game of the season together. And uh, first night in ages where I missed Jake Muzzin. I wish him nothing but the best. But last night was the first time, like, ooh, we could sure use him out there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was one of those days where you see you see the hole that he's left. He's a big body. He's a guy who can do a yeah. lot. You see the hole for the first time in a while. Yeah, and um, none of the stars last night for Boston. No goal was scored by a guy, uh, one of their top four. I mean, you had Pavel Zaka. He got two. Throw him out of the equation. All the guys doing the scoring last night were outside of the top 14 in goals scored for the Bruins. That team is on a mission. Yeah, they look really, really really good. Jesus. Like, you know, people are saying, oh, uh, uh, the Bruins have lost three in a row. Toronto's catching them at the right time. No, 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 no. Carolina caught them at the right time. Carolina got to face the Bruins when the Bruins were playing their third game in four nights. Boston had a couple days to rest up. And it wasn't like, listen, it was closer than 5-2. But the one thing I noticed, those, like especially like the first two goals, and maybe even the first three goals, Boston was dominating. They were dominating um, just in, in the Leafs zone, creating turnovers. It's not just that Toronto was being sloppy. It's that Boston was forcing Toronto to be sloppy. Like like a quarterback. There's a difference. There's two types of interceptions. There's one where the quarterback is just dumb, doesn't read the corner, pick off. The other one is where the quarterback is getting three defensive players in his face and just throws the ball up there and it gets turned over. The second thing, that's what happened last night on those first couple goals by the Bruins. Yeah, it's self-inflicted versus forced more than anything. Yeah. That's all exactly. it is. Per- Yep, and uh, and that was forced by uh, by Boston last night. Uh, the Raptors losing one thirty one one twenty eight to the Jazz. Yeah, who bet the over? Um, both games started similar. Like uh, I mean, both the Raptors' last two games, the Suns' game that four turnovers in the first four minutes, down nine four. Last night, uh, when the Raptors took the first timeout, Jazz were up ten two. A lot of misses in close. That's the annoying thing. You're going to have nights where Scotty Barnes is going to go 7 of 23 or Siakam is going to go 9 of 22. And good on Toronto. They fought back. They took a lead. They had a bunch of leads in that fourth. But it's all the missed close shots. And then, I don't know if people saw the video, the, the Raptors had a three-on-one. And they didn't score. That was early in that game last night. I think that was going to tell you exactly what was going to happen. We got a pretty packed show, um, some NFL thoughts to go over. We haven't really even talked about the uh, the coaching changes in the NFL because, well, um, Tom Brady took away all the football conversation yesterday. The Dallas Cowboys are doing something delightfully stupid. It is so predictable and wonderful. But let's get back into hockey. Let's get in the TV ratings, and that is the subject of my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. 
I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Sports TV rating stories are catnip for many sports fans and and for everyone who works in sports media. That shouldn't come as a shock. So, of course, when the headlines came out that the U.S. TV national viewership is down 22% this season. Oh, that got our attention. That the league's ratings are tanking and ESPN and TNT, they're doomed with their seven-year deal with the NHL, and that the average was 478,000 at this point last year, and now it's 373. Now, let me say this. This is not as much of a disaster as it sounds. The ratings will get a bump with the All-Star game this weekend. I know that might sound crazy, but they will. And those numbers are over, you know, half a season, and they doubled the number of nationally broadcast games from 27 to 54. So you had to expect a drop. Of course, not this much. But again, there should be a a bump. I mentioned the Skills Challenge. Uh, I mean, those events like last year got over a million on ESPN primetime. And another reason why a lot of those numbers are lower was because ESPN was putting hockey games to counter-program Sunday night football. That's going to be a disaster. Now, there's plenty of problems with the league and many of which have contributed to this dip. It's, it can be trouble. I, I keep hearing all these stories, watching the games you watch. You need, especially the states, you know, the cable subscriptions, TNT, NHL Network, ESPN Plus. I've heard stories of regional blackouts, poor service, and, you know, and issues with streaming. Start times all being the same. Maybe switch that up. The salary cap means no trades or player movement. So you have all those issues. Also, you know, cord cutting. Not a big advantage. Then there's also the fact that the NBA, the NFL, they have the advantage that Americans can watch their star players before their stars at college versus how many first-round picks in the NHL developed overseas or on a small team that didn't have the same advantage of having their games aired on CBS. Now, there's a lot of issues here. The big issue is the league and the players, you know, they don't do the best job when it comes to marketing. Now, the league can do more, but, you know, so can the players. The funny thing is, we've been saying this for for decades, and it hasn't happened. I don't know if it ever will happen. Maybe we just have to accept that there's something in the nature of the game, the DNA of the players, that, you know, the game doesn't have as many big personalities, like a Brad Marchand. That guy was doing expert trolling. And yeah, Austin Matthews, he's into fashion and a lot of stuff off ice, but he's not the most dynamic person. Again, that's not a shot at him or any of the players. It's just the reality. The bigger issue is Gary Bettman. Three season disrupting shutdowns. They shut her down more than any other league in North America. They Their hat trick of work stoppages matched the NFL, the NBA, and baseball combined. Baseball is a model of labor peace compared to hockey. Not enough Olympics, never should have left ESPN. But I want to propose something to everyone listening. The number one reason why ratings are down in the States is it's because it's America. 
And it just isn't a hockey nation. And yes, it is more than its fair share of local fan bases that are loud, proud, and just as passionate and tuned in as any Canadian market. This isn't me going, oh, Americans don't like hockey. No, this is me dealing with reality. Because you see, in the States, there's other sports they just like more. It's, it's a very simple thing. You know, you could talk about how the fact that the NFL and the NBA, they're national. College football is national. Hockey isn't. It's local. Well, baseball is also more local than it is national. But baseball's been around for a century. And we're not going to see baseball dipping down to the same popularity level of hockey. And you see, the NHL, they've seen big markets win the cup. From 2009 to 2018, you had Detroit, Pittsburgh three times, Chicago three times, Boston, L.A. twice, and Washington. How much impact did it have on the ratings? The truth is, hockey just isn't for most Americans. And that's fine. I always say this. If you, if you like everything, you love nothing. Canadians aren't big. We're not big into college sports. Raptor ratings will always lag behind hockey, and that's fine. Maybe it's it's not much of a mystery here. Americans love their certain sports, first, second, and third, fourth. We love ours. It doesn't match. Same thing in any country, in any continent. So my final message for fans is a simple one. Who cares? I love the Argonauts. I love the CFL. But it's a niche sport in Toronto. But that has no impact on my love of the sport. Don't get me wrong. I find these rating stories fascinating. They can tell you a lot about the state of the industry, the state of sports fandom in North America. It's a proper referendum on Gary Bettman, on viewing habits. But it'll have zero impact on how much I enjoy the game of hockey, even as I'm laughing at the business of hockey. And that is my opening thought. I'm finished. Like, I don't know how it is for you, Nick. But, I, like, we're always looking for, well, we got to get players to be more personable. We've been saying that since I was at Off the Record in 2001. Um, you know, we say, well, we just needed to get in these markets. That hasn't changed much. Well, well, when the big hockey markets, when they start winning, that'll impact ratings. Well, it hasn't. Could the answer just be as simple as this? Americans aren't into, in, into hockey. They're just not into it the same way we are, and they never will be the same way we're not into college basketball, except for March Madness. It's very possible. It, it honestly very it is very possible. And going down to the states, you, you talk to people, you you have those conversations with people when you're just casually, yeah. especially like growing up. I was in tournaments all the time down there. You have those conversations, and it's just not a sport that even registers sometimes on, on their and, radar. And by the way, no. And by the way, that's fine. This and I, I want to make sure I'm not having the we're better sports fans. No, we're different sports fans. We can't tell you who won the Heisman, but we'll tell you who won the heart. Liar, it's Matt. You the, know you can say who won the Heisman. It's just it's just the nature of it. It's just it's it's the nature of our countries. You know, one was born more of a history with hockey, one wasn't. America, a lot of it, they didn't have local ice rinks or very few of them. We always go, Well, what do we need to do? What do we need? What needs to happen? Maybe nothing. Hockey's always gonna, you know get whatever ratings they get. They're always going to make money. Their salary cap will go up and much, much smaller than it will in other leagues. But it's it's never going to be basketball, baseball, or hockey. It's never going to be college football. You know, maybe it's more around college basketball or golf. 
And there's nothing wrong with it because when I was watching last night's Leafs-Bruins game, at no point did I think, I wonder what the TV rating is for this in San Jose. I can honestly say I don't think I've ever wondered what TV rating is for any broadcast ever that <laughs> yes. I'm watching. So, I, I don't think I've ever thought about it. But it's to me, it's, it's still a very fascinating topic. What will Sean McIndoe um, from The Athletic? He'll join us at 3.30. We'll talk about ratings and Gary Bettman and just Leafs and Bruins. But coming up on the other side, it is Report Cause, where I did very well. How did you do, Nick, with your picks? Not great. And we will get into that next. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. You play to win the game. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Tomorrow's Lotto Max jackpot is an estimated $10 million. Text Max in your name to 105050 for your chance to win $100 in Lotto Max tickets with Encore. Standard message rates apply to all entries. Lotto Max, dream to the max. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause, right here on TSN 1050. And one thing I, I think we need to do, especially next week, is go over one different crazy prop bet every day, like a FanDuel fun prop bet, something like that. Ooh, like I, I like saw that. this one. Yeah, so I saw this one here today. Minus 300, and this is a Canadian Super Bowl special. So it has to air on the screen during, you know, on, on, on a Canadian broadcast. You will, at some point during the game, you will see any Kardashian sister, whether it's Kim, Chloe, Courtney, Kendall Jenner, or Kylie Jenner, you will see a Kardashian on screen during the broadcast at minus 300. Okay. That's no, a, that, 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 one, that one doesn't get you? That's just a weird bet. <laughs> that's the I Hold on, wait a minute. But that's the idea. I, it's like, what, the, what, I what is the color of the Gatorade? So now I'm, I'm just trying to... Oh, yeah, that's oh, a there's weird a, there, bet. Yeah, I, but there's there's a lot of these. There's like, will Mike Trout be there? Well, Mike Trout, you got to bet a lot of money to win. It's like minus 500. Or will Bradley Cooper be there? And then there's others. There's Kanye. There's Trump. Imagine if they were sitting together. I'm sure Twitter would have thoughts. Um, but then the Kardashians. And you get all of them. So I feel that is the good value bet is that you get all the Kardashians. Yeah, I could see that. That that makes sense, I guess, if you're looking at it from that perspective. Well done, Maddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we're going to, I want to find like a different sort of fun one of these every day. Speaking of betting, uh, it's something we, we do from time to time. We highlight how did we do the night before. It is a segment we call our report cause. Uh, Matthew, may I see your report cause? In terms of betting for tonight's game, oof. you know, I, I'm leaning towards Boston. At minus 134. I'm not happy about it, but I get it. I am betting Brad Marchand to score. I didn't even know he was there. I like Nylander <laughs> to score tonight <laughs> as well. I like this number a little bit better. John Tavares assists. Well, we gave it a shot, didn't we? Kessler with 10 <laughs> rebounds and Utah to win at plus 285. If you're not confident with who's going to win, you can get him at plus 150 for just 10 rebounds, which is a nice two. <laughs> I know. Pretty good, huh? I've been very impressed with Precious Achua over the last 
I guess, yep. three weeks. His over oh for points and rebounds combined on fan. Ignore. Ignore. Dumb. 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 <laughs> Dumb. That's right. I hate the fact that I was right. I took the Bruins. I took, and then my, my fun bet, well, not fun if you're a Raptor fan, was Walker Kessler, the great rookie, that came over in that deal, sending Rudy Gobert to Minnesota to have 10 rebounds or more and Utah to win. Well, he had 14 rebounds. He had a career match to career best with seven block shots, 17 points. He had six block shots in the first quarter. That first quarter. Like, shout out to every Raptor fan who stuck with that game because I turned it off in the first. I brought it back midway late in the third because I am a, I'm a bit of a coward. But, um, yeah, the Raptors lose 131-128. But much like in that game against the Suns, that was an ugly start. Um, the one constant has been Fred Van Vliet. Second career triple-double, 34, career best 12 rebounds and 10 assists. So either he's up in his trade value or he's up in his contract demands. Uh, Freddie, since the start of 2023, has been incredible. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's really stepped up uh, his game over the last little bit. Um, sorry, Matt, I'm a little distracted. I'm not going to lie. We just had a bit What's of a going power on? outage here at the station. Oh, so, really? So all the lights oh, just really? went off in the studio. Oh, and me oh God, no, and, no, no. And, get uh, out, get out. producer JP were just trying to figure out what was going on. But we're all good. Like, nothing but, went off air. We're all fine. But it was just kind of like, yeah. huh, this is interesting. By the, way, by the way, there is a bet on FanDuel. Will there be a power outage? <laughs> broadcast, the broadcast must mention that power outage is the source of a delay, and that's at plus 750. I'm not taking that bet because there's only been one power outage, and that was the Ravens and 49ers Super Bowl, so I am not going to be doing that one. Also, you know, who will the MVP winner thank first? You got to do a bit of research. Ooh, yeah. You got to find out. Like the the weird thing about that is, you have to ask yourself: Is Patrick Mahomes an atheist? And I say this not as someone who cares what his religion is, but if you think the MVP will thank a religious figure or religion first, that's plus one fifty. That's the second shortest odds. So you've got to do your research if you're going to go after one like that. But yes, uh, good luck to everyone there with the power outage but i'm glad i am still on air um yeah. the other thing you can do maddie for that uh, who they're gonna thank first if you do think it's patty mahomes go back and listen to the last time he won super bowl mvp see who see who yeah. you think first there maybe that'll help you figure it out as well or just or you know as he talked with his team going okay you got to do it different this time but you're right no 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 you're right that is a good point or just you know just see it in uh, like afc championship games is there a trend because really, that's all we're trying to do when we help people with bets. What are the trends? What do the numbers say? We're not going to give you a 100% chance, but if we can increase your chances of winning from 48 to 55, then, well, we've kind of done our job around here. Um, as for the Raptors, uh, Lewenberg wrote a great point saying, the last time the Raptors were getting this much league-wide attention, they were well on their way to winning their first-ever championship. And when I see an article in The Ringer, or ESPN, or The Athletic, the Raptors are, near the t are, are being mentioned all the time because OG Ananobi is 25 years old, because Gary Trent Jr. can shoot, because Fred Van Vliet, you can plug and play him anywhere 
within uh, within the raw and a roster of another team, and that team will succeed. It's a shame, but it is where we are with a Raptors team that is seven games under five hundred, losing to a Utah team that is now twenty seven and twenty six. One of those teams kept an intact roster from a forty eight win season. The other traded everyone for a ton of first round picks. And yes, we will be losing our over bet for the Raptors. Speaking yep. of betting on basketball, Wesley Chang from TSN Edge, he will join the show next and is the most like just we gotta continue on the Joel Embiid conversation. And just the Embiid, he is angry and he's like, I am not losing this MVP. We'll get into that next. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Joining us now, it is Wesley Chang, betting and fantasy content expert with TSN Edge, focused on the NBA. Wesley, good afternoon. Thanks for joining the show today. Hey, Cause. Good afternoon, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, good uh, good to have you here. Um, I look at the line, and I see 28-11-3-1 and and block from Joel Embiid, and my first thought is, wow. You uh, you really uh, let your team down last night. <laughs> yeah, Joel Embiid, man, we need him stat padding, going for forty a night. Otherwise, he's not going to be in that MVP conversation. But where is he? Where is he? What's he doing? I I think Doncic. I, I not Doncic. Should be uh, um, Nikola Jokic had like a triple double the night before. What's Embiid doing? Not putting up forty. Yeah, take him off the list, man. You know what? We gave him a little bit of love. Let's pull him right back off his MVP chart. Yeah, he, uh, he can go right back into the throws with all the other guys at the bottom. <laughs> I, 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 I got to tell you, like, I'm such a hypocrite because part of me makes fun of Embiid, making it so personal, going, oh, no one likes me and no one wants to vote for me. But I think I need some of that in my MVP race. Because I heard the reporters talking to Jokic the other day about he's averaging a triple-double, and he's like, ooh. Like he, Jokic just does not care at all about stats. Yeah, I mean, like, you got that. So you got that character in this called a narrative of MVP. And you got Joel Embiid, okay, going full, you know, uh, going full WWE crotch chopping. And, you know, yeah. he's, uh, you know, you need the heel, right? Someone's got to be out there, right, playing that role. And I think uh, Embiid, Embiid's actually been kind of quiet, to be honest, compared to previous seasons. He's been quiet about all yeah. this stuff. Like, he's kind of putting his head down. But uh, now that Philly, they're starting to get on a roll, now that he's kind of getting some attention on a national media standpoint, I think I think he's going to get a little bit more vocal. I, I pointed it out uh, early, ahead of that Nuggets game. I was like, you know, 8-1 to one to win MVP. Joel's not really been in the conversation at all. Uh, at any point this year, eight to one. By the time the game was said and done, he dropped down to plus three thirty. It's crazy. So, uh, it, it's like I, I've been kind of describing it, kind of like like a heavyweight. Uh, do you got a good comp for this? I don't. I'm not a big like I'm not a super big boxing guy, but it feels like it's a heavyweight trilogy where the guy like the the favorite has won both the first two fights. Yeah. Do you have a comp? Do you have a comp for that? I don't have a comp for that, but that's what this feels like. It's like. And Bede's trying to come back for a third fight when everybody knows Jokic is the better guy, but you know he won't back down. He still wants uh, a piece of the uh, Jokic. Yeah, because usually part three, everyone is one one, and then you yeah, know part yeah, three yeah. is for it all. 
this is more just, uh, I don't know, safe face, but no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I guess as long as Denver's number one and if Philly stays at three, that, uh, I, I think that for me is, is still going to give the edge to, to Jokic because all the writers are now like, oh no, everyone's on to us. They know we get bored and we just vote on narrative. So we've got to, we got to go in a, in a different direction. But yeah, to uh, add to that, to the, both of their credit, these are both career years. Yes. For these two guys. So, I mean, you can't ask them to do any more, right? Oh no. So no, no, no. They, good, good for them. It's just uh, where the season, like where their stand, the uh, season ends for them, where they end up in the standings. I think that plays a massive factor, and I mean, shout out to Denver to getting to the top of the West. You know, they they've earned the right. Yeah, and if and if Embiid does win it, great, uh, deserving, fantastic on defense and all of that. Um, as for the Raptors, I, you know, this is going to sound so stupid, but I think we're now at the point where they're just not a good team, and that like I I think we we've given them so much the benefit of the doubt, but it's not just that they're twenty three and thirty. It's their 27th in field goal percentage on offense. They're 28th, uh, 28th in field goal percentage on defense. So they're at the bottom being able to score. They're at the bottom in stopping other teams from scoring. And and I do wonder, Wesley, this is more of a basketball question than, than fantasy or betting, but do we, like now I wonder, do we look at last year and that 48 wins, do we look at that as the anomaly? I mean... I, I can't. I can't really tell you why their half court offense has dropped off like as it has this year. Um, but it is it's a pretty glaring hole uh, as a part of the challenges that they faced all season. Um, yeah, you could argue last year they overachieved, and then just this year they're on the complete opposite end. They, I mean, they're actually one of the most underachieving teams in the NBA. Um, I think the stats prove that the expected wins. Like the plus minus in terms of where their actual um, their actual record should be is like one of the worst. So and let me just pull this up while yeah they're literally dead last. They're minus four point four wins um, in terms of where the record should be. So they okay in that metric they've been kind of the most unlucky team in the NBA so far this season. So they have that argument that they can stand on. But at the same time, when you watch these games, it's very clear their half-court offense has some fundamental flaws. And I think they really got so kind of two feet in on this vision, you know, six foot nine vision, everybody, you know, kind of interchangeable, yada, yada, yada. The theory is great on the defensive end. I think the potential for them still works on the defensive end, but it takes a lot of organization from a coaching standpoint and a player IQ standpoint to know how to defend and switch so fluidly with that type of system. And then going back to the offense, I just think you can't have five guys like that who all have the same kind of skill set and build try to operate an offense. Like it shows up every night. The biggest thing I always say is I don't want to give, like Kyrie, his flowers as an example. Okay. Oh no. But oh no. I don't want to give Dame. I don't want to give Dame his flowers as well in this situation. But what I'm trying to say is like, we don't have a player like that who is so explosive off the bounce that other teams have to like fully break down their te- their defense just to account for a primary ball handler that you know, the Raptors might have on offense. Fred's been playing amazing, coming off a triple double, but he doesn't have that gravity. He doesn't force the opposing team to have to like completely collapse. The Raptors need something like that. Or on the flip side, have a center 
who can really make things difficult for opposing teams in the paint and just, you know, either set really good screens, make open shots for our, our other teammates, or he himself can just, like, you know, seal off the paint and get a bunch of easy buckets. Every shot for the Raptors just looks so difficult. And that's, oh, yeah. Like, I think yeah. You just look at them. They, they're, like, laboring every point. If it's not a transition basket, every point looks like it's so high-degree difficulty. And that's just not sustainable, especially with how the NBA is played today. No, you're right, and, and labored is the perfect word to describe the offense of the Raptors. Um, it, it, let's talk about OG Ananobi, because you can examine this from a fantasy perspective, because you see all the numbers and see how valuable he is. How like This is as healthy as he's been since his third year. He's 25, he's great on defense, shoots the ball well. Just how valuable would an OG Ananobi be on a true contending team? I mean, I'll give you the perfect fit. I think you're hearing some noise about Memphis, right? Uh, Memphis yeah. is a name. Memphis is a team that's out there rumored to be in the OG sweepstakes. That would, to me, make them a championship contender. Like it, it, their odds should shorten to be like a top four championship contender. Um, OG is one of these players you can plug him into pretty much any of the 29 teams in the NBA, and that team will be better, like better off. So uh, I think just the, the sheer audience that is out there listening for or presenting offers for OG, I think tells you um, everything you need to know. You know, some like I'm using Siakam as an example, right? Siakam also is an All NBA player. He's obviously extremely talented, but to have a guy like that who's somewhat of your primary, like a primary score for an offense, he's a little bit tougher to integrate into a team. Whereas like OG and an OB doesn't necessarily need the ball uh, as much as somebody like Siakam, yet his strengths are so applicable. Three-point shooting, defense, steals, transition, all those things. Any team can pick up a guy like that, and they're better off. Oh, yeah, it's funny to say, but in some ways, um, Fred Van Vliet is an easier guy to trade. He's not as good as Siakam, but he's also a guy that comes from the Kyle Lowry School of Basketball, where he doesn't need to shoot, he doesn't mind being the fourth option, and he can just be there helping everyone else around him, and his effectiveness doesn't require him taking 20 shots a night. Absolutely. Fred Fred is another guy I think fits in very well. Um, but, you know, OG, Fred, I get why there's so much noise. There's <laughs> two really good players, and they, yeah. I'm not surprised one bit that other execs in the NBA are look, actively looking at them to see if they can – you know, catch him for, you know, 70 cents on the dollar. Wesley Chang is joining us from TSN Edge, covering all things basketball. So I saw two um, boosts on FanDuel. Giannis, Kawhi, and Paul George to all score 25 points tonight, Bucks and Clippers. I would love to see that. Um, that went from plus 250 to plus 300. Yay or nay on that bet? Um. I, I, I'd, probably, I'd probably stay away. You know the problem? It's the cannibalizing, right? I think Giannis mm-hmm. will for sure. I'm pretty confident Kawhi will as well. But with PG and Kawhi, it's sometimes either or. Yep. It's very rarely the two of them together. And then the, the other note there is Milwaukee's defense is very sound, especially that everyone's healthy now. I wouldn't – actually, that's my play, to be honest, is – just as a general uh, general note, any opportunity where I see a number that doesn't uh, 
that's not really being accounted for against Milwaukee's defense, I'll try to play an under. So they're not a defense to mess with right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that boost. Maybe Kawhi gets there, but I, I, I'd be very shocked if both of them do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's right. The cannibalizing factor is, is so important. All right, I'll leave you with this question, uh, just because there's no Leafs on tonight, there's no Raptors on tonight, but we do have Memphis versus Cleveland. Morant, Donovan Mitchell, to each get 20 points and six assists or more. That's been boosted on FanDuel from 227 to plus 270. Thoughts? Of those two, that's the one I'd probably take. Now, if what I think is going to bust this is Mitchell assists. Um, Garland really does do the passing for the team. Mitchell's kind of their gunner. Um, but of those two, yeah, I take the I take that one over the uh, the Giannis uh, Kawhi one. Always appreciate Wesley. Thank you so much for joining. Actually, before we go, is there is there? I mean, because there's a really good slate of NBA games on tonight. Is there anything else you got your eye on? Anything LeBron related? You know, you got Miami, New York, um, Golden State, Denver. Damn, it is a good night of basketball. It's a good night of basketball. So the main thing, LeBron's questionable. So I just, I when I see those, I just don't touch them until I know for sure. Um, yep. But I would say uh, give a little CanCon love out there. Golden State, they're very likely going to sit all of their starters tonight. I think that's a really good spot for Jamal Murray. Mm. Uh, Nikola right. Jokic, you know how he operates. He's such an unselfish player. Yeah. So in a situation like this where they're playing the scrubs for the Warriors, at home, and Golden State coming off a really bad loss on a back-to-back, I think Jokic is going to open the door for uh, Jamal Murray to get his flowers tonight. Love it. Love it. Flowers right back at you. Always love when you join the show. <laughs> Check them out at tsn.ca slash edge. It is Wesley Chang. Wesley, thanks so much for joining the show. Hey, Cos, always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, right back at you. All right, on the uh, – yeah, like for tonight, I know there's no Leafs. Uh, I got to take a look again at what the NHL. Oh, there's no NHL. There's nothing. There's no hockey. There's just basketball. But wow, is there some good basketball games going on tonight? On the other side, we do it each and every Thursday. It is the sports version of F. Mary Kill. It is Stardom, Sidem, Cutem, and it's coming up next. TSN 1050. Wants to send you to the Waste Management Open in Arizona. And let me tell you, people, you got to get in. You got to get in soon. This contest is going to be done. So, what you do is you listen every day to First Up. When you hear the Waste Management keyword, you tune in to Overdrive from 4 to 7. When you hear the cue to call, you call us in the studio, 416 870 1050. The first call through the correct keyword. For that day, wins a $100 Golf Town gift card, and you qualify for the grand prize draw. The grand prize includes airfare for two to Scottsdale, Arizona, four-night hotel stay for two. I mean, you can try to weasel a third person in. We don't recommend it. Two tickets to the Waste Management Open for the closing weekend, a $500 Golf Town gift card, $500 cash to spend on the trip, and the custom full bag fitting at Golf Town Studio X. First up with Koronik and Koliakovo, they will be calling our grand prize winner tomorrow. So you got one more chance today to listen on Overdrive. Full contest details available at tsn1050.ca. All right, we do it each and every Thursday. It is time now for Start'em, Sit'em, Cut'em. Today we're going to have you play a fun little game called 
Mary Kill. Oh, wow. For this game, we'll show you pictures of three people, and you have to decide which one you want to have sex with, which you'd marry, and which one you'd kill. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. All right, Nick, what do you got first? Still my least favorite string of all the games we play, Maddie. I know it's your favorite, but still my oh, least favorite. Oh, I always favorite. giggle out of it. I know you do. I, I, I just, the, the one woman. Oh. Yeah, oh. No. But all right, what do you got? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's stick with the Raptors conversation because we just were having that with Wesley Chang. And obviously the trade deadline is a big priority coming up for a week this today. Team. Yeah. Big. A week today. Big. So I'm going to say. Start him, sit him, cut him. Who is more likely to be, or which is more likely to happen? OG Ananobi gets traded. Gary Trent gets traded. Or the Raptors make no moves with their, I'm going to say big six. I'm going to include Precious in that. All right. I am going to, the, the most likely is Gary gets traded. He's, I mean, he's going to be, a, he's going to be up for money soon. And the amount of money he's going to make as the Raptors, like, fifth option, it's going to be too much. So the most likely thing is Gary gets traded. Where it gets interested is what or interest is what's more likely, OG gets traded or no movement at all. I think more likely is OG Ananobi gets traded, so I will sit that. I will cut the Raptors make no move. And this is nothing against OG Ananobi. I have been, a, I have been an OG Ananobi truther since day one. But there is a lot of duplication on this team at that position. Precious Achua, younger, he can get cheaper, and is developing. And if you can trade OG and get back a legit center, then don't you do that deal. And also, this isn't going to be for a boatload of draft picks. No. Doesn't this have, doesn't this have to be for a player now because Siakam is in win-now mode? If Siakam is on this team... You're not going OKC. You're not trying to rebuild. So I uh, I will cut. Raptors make no move. Okay, interesting. Um, I'm going to play a quick clip here from Leafs Lunch. Craig Button was on, and he gave his Ooh. checklist of three things the Leafs could go after. So I'm going to play this right now. If I looked right. at their team and said, what would be the three areas that I would like to add to their team? A size left winger to play with Tavares on that line that, that would be that, that would be that would be one big priority uh, a third line center with some size and some weight and a, and a, and a Jake Muzzin type defenseman on the blind so Matt start him sit him cut him in what order would you see those most likely being the need for the Leafs okay well the need let's cut right now third line center with size that would be nice but it's nowhere near as important as the first two Jake Muzzin defenseman or a left winger with Tavares. So this is the classic philosophical debate. Because the Leafs have got a really good defense. But that defense can get pushed around. So do they have playoff defense? The Maple Leafs can score lots and lots of goals. But in the playoffs, they never do in games sixes and sevens. Woo, this is a tough one. I'm going to sit... I'm going to sit Jake Muzzin D, and I'm going to start left winger to go with Tavares. Interesting, interesting. All right. Well, Matt, we talked yesterday about Tom Brady's retirement in ad yeah. nauseum, and we're going to talk more about it on the other side of the break after Good. this as well. Oh, yeah, Zach Cox, Patriots beat writer. Yes, very well done. Uh, <laughs> but I have, a, I have an interesting 
start them, sit them, cut them for you. And we're actually going to have it be start them, sit them, cut them, cut them. So there's two cut them. Okay. Okay. All right. There are four yep. starting QBs currently in the NFC South. And I'm going to list Gross. them off. Oh, no. <laughs> you are going to cut two, sit All one, right. and start the fourth. So you All have right, Kyle Trask in Tampa. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. You have the mess that is the Carolina Panthers, who right now, I guess Pick it's one. Sam Darnold. Pick- Sam Darnold, okay, yep. I mean, it probably will be Matt Corral next year, but depending on how he comes back from injury. Um, In New Orleans, you have potentially Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton. (laughs) Got to pick one. Pick one. I'm going to go with Winston because he should be the starter, but it depends, again, how he comes back from injury. And then Uh in Atlanta, you have Desmond Ritter. So start him, sit him, cut him, cut him. Okay, um, the fourth, the final cut is Sam Darnold. The other cut is Jameson Winston. Sorry, but when Jameson Winston has not been with Sean Payton, all he does is throw lots of interceptions and turns the ball over. I'm going to sit Kyle Trask. This guy has the chance. At the very least, he's got a lot of tools. I watched him play because I'm a Florida Gator fan, so I am a little bit biased here. I'm going to sit Kyle Trask. I would try him over more. Darnold or Winston, but I'm going to start Desmond Ritter. Younger, first-round pick. See what you got there. Um, but holy Lord. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, go to the NFC South. You will win every game. All you will do is win every divisional game. So it looks like a fun place to play. I don't know. There's lots of opportunity, isn't there? Oh, my God, yeah. You want to start? You want to do whatever you want to do. Throw the ball left-handed, what, whatever. You'll be fine. You can play blindfolded, and I think he'd still be sure. one of the best quarterbacks in that division. Absolutely, yes. Um NFC West was talked about as being one of the top divisions this year when you look at who the starters were supposed to be. Now yep. there's lots of question marks, especially with the Rams taking a huge step back, Kyler Murray being hurt the way he is. So. Yep. Which team has they're going to start them, sit them, cut them? Which order they're going to fall in? Okay, we'll we'll add the second, cut them, because why not? All right. You have the 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. All right. Um, I'm going to cut Seattle. I'm going to I'm going to cut Seattle. No, my fourth cut is the Rams. I think this is going to continue. I think Aaron Donald's going to go bye bye. So I'm going to cut cut the Rams. Oh, I'm going to change it. Yeah, no, cut, cut the Rams, cut the cards. At least Seattle, they got all these. They got all this draft capital. I will sit Seattle and start 49ers. I apologize. I think I'm going chalk, but I, I, I'm here to give what I think is going to happen. Not try to, uh, not try to be controversial. No, you're, uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, Seattle yeah. is the best of the rest in that division behind San Fran because San Fran's yeah. a really, really good team. Wow, my my thought that comes out of that is. Remember when Kyler Murray was going to become a star in this league? And we'll see. We will see. Do they have a coach yet? I don't think so. Not the, <laughs> Unless I missed it, I don't believe. No. This is, like, yeah, they, they don't. They, do, they, they, I don't know. No? Don't. No. No. Wait a minute. Do, who do they have right now? Oh, no, they don't have a coach. They don't have a coach. They don't, no, we're good. We're they right. don't have a, hold on. Hold on. No, but hold on. I got one other question. Do they have a general manager? I mean, uh, I guess they, you know, they questions that I wasn't prepared for, Matt. Come on. <laughs> okay, uh, some guy named Monty 
Osenfort. Osenfort. Holy Lord, the Cardinals. You got nothing. All right. We got to take a break. We're heavy now. I did not expect to go that long on Arizona Cardinals talk. My apologies. Zach Cox is going to join us. We talk about the uh, beat writer for the Patriots. We talk all things Brady. And who's going to be coaching the Pats? That's coming up next. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 